those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Are you with me? Are you with me there? Uh, is it damn good co- coffee and hot for you? Are we together on that? You with me? No. Look. Good morning. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It's Wednesday. Are you excited about Wednesday? You know, Wednesday's the big day for the Last Rights podcast. They generally uh, ha- happens on Wednesdays. Um afternoons here in the east coast evenings over there on uh that side of the pond good morning people wednesday february 23rd 2022 we've we've passed the two two date the two 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 twos are you doing well are you loving the world have you had an edible yet today i have not i tried to get some good sleep last night uh, but i ended up not doing that. <laughs> more work, more work. Always more work, more work to do. Um, well, we are in day two of the lamest kind of non-invasion uh, uh, of my lifetime, but that doesn't mean it's not going to get worse. I'm talking about the Ukraine-Russian thing. And what to believe and what not to believe. What the fuck is really going on over there? Oh, the first F-bomb of the morning is already out. Um, breaking it down is so fucking difficult. And here's the thing, man. We should, because Google Earth updates every, at least on a monthly basis or less than a month. So if I go there on Google Earth, and I have been able to get there on Google Earth, and we'll basically get down the ground level and travel the streets on the eastern Ukraine border. Not a lot of great streets there, by the way. They they definitely need some infrastructure help over there. A lot of dirt roads. <laughs> um, but you don't see any military buildup. You can't see it. So what are they just hiding? Now, I saw some videos, and it looks like trench warfare. World War One-style trench warfare. It's a little early for me. Dug into trenches along the, the countryside there. Now, there are people in Ukraine who are loyal to Putin and Russia. Russian separatists is what they call them. And so Putin has uh, expressed support for those people who want to declare their regions independent from Ukraine. And that's what we are calling an invasion. Now, there has been some shelling, according to, depending on who you listen to, 
you get a completely different story about what's really going on. There's uh, NATO and and the West side is saying that Russia is being aggressive, or the Russian separatists, not Putin himself, but the people, the Russians who are the Russian national nationals who are living in Ukraine, who have de- declared themselves independent, are taking aggressive action towards Ukraine. Why would they do that? Well, they are loyal to Russia, and they want to be part of Russia. Why? Why would somebody want to be part of Russia, you ask? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. Uh, because it doesn't seem like Russia uh, and Putin is... Like, if you had to choose, I'm sure that wouldn't be in your top ten of countries and, and uh, dictators to live under. Nobody's saying, hey, I'd love to go to Russia and live under Putin. Um, The other side, Russia is saying that the aggression is coming from the Ukraine. I can't can't see why they would do that. Ukraine, unless they are counting on NATO to actually just do all their fighting for them, they'd have to be crazy to pick a fight with Russia. It's like a Girl Scout picking a fight with Mike Tyson in his prime. (laughs) Seriously. Why would uh, Ukraine be itching for a fight with Russia? So neither neither story makes sense, but you can't verify any of it on Google Earth, too. If you go there, you see little kids on bicycles and old ladies walking the streets. You don't see any military buildup at all. So what's real? You look at the news videos... And it seems like it's 115 years old because, again, it dug into trenches and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of fighting going on. If cameramen can go right up and get in the trenches with the guys, these uh, military guys, and start interviewing them in what is middle of what's supposed to be a war or at least military operations, slow day. What's really odd And here in in the West, I see uh, Jamie Dykes is in the uh, chat room saying he loves Russia. Fucking commie fuck. Anyway, um, well, we got a whole bunch of comments in the... uh, We've gone down to Russian chick stuff, uh, Kevin. (laughs) I'll be going there. There isn't any fighting yet. Uh, Not according to both the sides. They're saying there is fighting yet. Carl, where have you been? Um... Here's the thing. In America, though, we have a certain party, a certain news outlet that supports that party. Uh, And people who use the word communist and dictator daily, often daily, like all day long, to try to scare people into thinking America is on the brink of becoming a communist dictatorship. They, They use that stuff all the time to trigger Americans. Those same people are all of a sudden Putin's biggest fans. That makes no sense. You're against communism, you're against dictatorship, you'll love Putin. Think about that for half a second and if if you can rationalize it and tell me how it makes sense in any world. uh, Hats off to you, man. No, Kevin's just saying exactly what I just uh, what I just said. Uh, 
the GOP is supporting Putin while calling liberals commies and dictators. We live in a communist dictatorship, but let Rob Putin. Oh, fuck it. Russia have entered uh, already Russian areas, the ones that they're calling separatists. They haven't moved forward yet, but they've been uh, shelling, uh, or at least on the videos that I saw them being interviewed in trenches uh, last night, there was shelling going on. Uh, but you're distracting me from uh, from bigger bigger points here. So stop distracting me, or else I will send my people over to your place in Wales, and the, the tanks will come to bomb you. So stop distracting me. I'm just kidding, of course. I don't have any tanks uh, for YouTube. I just want to make it very clear. I don't have any tanks. No tanks. No tanks, buddy. Anyway, um, so that's what's going on. You don't really know. I mean, uh, obviously, me and Carl are already arguing about what's really going on. Is there really fighting going on? Carl says no. Of course, both sides' uh, news organizations say yes. And they have uh, Film at 11 to back that up. But they're just blaming it on, each are blaming it on the other guy. The other ones are being aggressive, not us. We're just, and there was uh, some commentary written that that's the ploy Russia would probably take anyway. They would act like they were pulling out. You know, they did that a couple of days ago. They said they were pulling back and. This was kind of predicted by, and I forget the columnist name who wrote this for Politico, or what else, but he basically said they would act like they were pulling out and uh, then create some kind of false flag bombing because Russia's uh, claiming that uh, NATO killed two innocent people, civilians, with a bombing just uh, two days ago. It was yesterday in the news, but you know how we're kind of late behind the news, so. So they're claiming uh, the West has killed two citizens. So that's what's drawing them back in. And according to this columnist who predicted that, he said that that's exactly the ploy they were going to use anyway. They would act like they were pulling out. You know, the old pull out. I'm not really pulling out. And uh, and then just feel the need to get back in to defend the Russian separatists. That's what they claim is going on there. Uh, see, you know, Call us like acting like he's there. My my guy on the ground over there in the Don Step, Don Donetsky, whatever it is, uh, says the main cities have a lot of Russian separatists in them. If they ha- uh, have begun fighting Ukrainians in those cities, they will move forward, and it's popcorn time. Carl, I need you to get me some footage. Go down to the um, go down to the trenches today and see if you can get me somebody on tape. I know it's a dangerous job, but you're up for it, Cal. Selling your body in Korea was better than living in Vlad, Vladivostok. You can say that 10 times fast. Carl's going to get, uh, going to garot Putin. He gets to the trenches. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to that. Let me see. I think I actually, uh, let me see if I can find some of this footage from last night. Probably. I know Kalinsky's got some. I could look on his page. Hold on one second. Um, have Mike McFarlane, the heavy metal dad cop comic. Did I say cop? 
What's on my mind? Was that a Freudian slip? Is he a cop? Is he a knock? Am I busted? What's going on? Uh, heavy metal dad comic uh, will be with me at 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Holy shit, I'm off to... I need more sleep. It's, it's just the way it is. I need more sleep. Uh, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I got Kalinsky talking about this stuff here. Yeah, I'm going to play this a little bit. Uh, I might get a copyright strike, but fuck it. My dog. Ain't nothing but the best for my dog. Uh, you can't hear what I'm... You can't hear what I'm... There you go. All right, I'm going to share this mother bitch. Hold on, let's see. Sharing a mother bitch here for you. Share this mother bitch. Share this mother bitch over here. This mother bitch, mother bitch here. Okay. Ooh, let's... RT. So take a look at this. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky is calling for face-to-face -face talks with Russia's President Vladimir Putin to resolve the crisis between their countries. Zelensky was speaking at the Munich Security Conference here in Germany. He said Ukraine will not respond to growing provocations in the eastern part of the country, but will defend itself against Russian hostility. Kiev says two of its soldiers died in an attack over the weekend. A shelling by Russian-backed separatists intensifies. Your dog can do amazing I don't things. want to see that. But I can't sign up for dog pet insurance. On the lookout as shells fall on Ukraine's eastern front. Government forces say they have been ordered to show restraint. Right now we don't respond to their fire because they're shooting at us now at the command post. Our commanders don't allow us to fire, and we are following orders even if there is a wish to respond. Because the enemy is waiting for us to shoot back. But if there is no political agreement, things will get resolved with military power. Ukraine's interior minister, Denis Monastirsky, came under fire while visiting soldiers in the east. He was brought to safety. I'm a civilian. I'm not a soldier. I'm shocked. And I know that the civilians who live here permanently feel this fear. A fear that is uprooting lives as the crisis intensifies. Residents of Ukraine's separatist regions boarded trains bound for Russia. They look happy. My husband said, go away, take the kids and go. Their physical and psychological health is more important than anything else. On Saturday, Russian President Vladimir Putin oversaw military drills with Belarus. The exercises include nuclear-capable missiles. NATO has joined the U.S. in warning that Russia is planning a, quote, full-fledged attack against Ukraine. Uh, how imminent is that uh, threat of a full-fledged attack, as was just mentioned in our report? according to the U.S., but also according to NATO, it is very imminent, even though there's still some room for, for diplomacy as there are ongoing talks just right now between France President Macron and President Putin. So we do not know, of course, when this is going to happen, but just the latest development here that is really increasing the pressure, according to NATO, on Ukraine is the very fact that statement from Belarus that their joint military drills with Russia are going to be extended beyond Sunday, beyond today, even though prior to that, uh, Putin said that they are going to end on Sunday. Now, according to NATO, it's 
estimated about 30,000 troops are in the north, uh, in, in Belarus, a neighboring Ukraine, and th this could be used as an invasion, as an attack to invade Ukraine, according to NATO. We do not really know, actually, as, as there have been so many exchanges of, of uh, That's what you when an assault is going to take place. Here in Kiev, at least, people are trying to hope that there's still room here to avert and to avoid the worst, a bigger escalation. The recent shelling of Ukrainian-controlled areas which hit a kindergarten among okay. other targets uh, has been blamed the, on Russian-backed Russian Correspondent yeah. Matthias Bullinger visited the area to get a first-hand view of the situation and how it's... Ooh, that too. No, here, let's get to the Russian side. Is there the Russian side? I missed the Russian side. Do, 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 do. No, we don't see the Russian side. Oh yeah, here's the Russian side. Now same same night news report from Russia here. Let's see here. Roman Kosarev, who's in eastern Ukraine for us. Uh, hello to you, uh, Roman. Just give us more details then. Oh, you fucking dog commercial. Amazing things. But they can't sign up for pet insurance. Fucking dog. And about what we know concerning this latest attack. Uh, absolutely. Well, artillery duels uh, continue in Lugansk and here in Donetsk as well. But in this particular instance, uh, a village in uh, self-proclaimed Lugansk People's uh, Republic uh, was shelled. And as the result, uh, two civilians had been killed. Acor according to representatives of the People's Militia in Lugansk, Ukrainian army tried to advance on uh, those positions, but uh, uh, those attempts had uh, failed. Now, like I said, Two civilians uh, were killed uh, in uh, this attack. Their home was uh, completely destroyed and uh, they were basically buried under the rubble and uh, their bodies uh, burned completely. So, all right, so that's, that's what you have now. Uh, Ukraine saying Russia's uh, getting aggressive. Uh, Russia's saying Ukraine is getting aggressive and killed two people. What's the truth? You go to Google Earth and uh, you will get down into the area where they're talking about there, and you don't see anything. Now, granted, those pictures, the pictures on Google Earth are not from yesterday, but this buildup has been going on for months now. You would see something, right? Is what the fuck is going on? What's real and what's not real in this world? Does anybody even know anymore? Uh, it's just uh, unbelievable. So, I know people in this part of the world, I don't know about where Colin Jamie are, because I don't even think that's part of this world, but people in this part of the world, so far don't really, don't really feel personally invested in this, but I promise you will. I mean... Uh, somebody, I think it might have been Craig last night talking about price of gas. Well, he, this whole thing has been such a distraction. He didn't notice that the price of gas is a dollar more per gallon than it was this time last year. I definitely noticed. I think when I was going to the last gig that I played, whenever that was, Saturday night, it was like three $3.91 a gallon or something. And I was shocked. I was like, holy crap. So I've noticed. A lot of this is about that. It's about oil prices. It's about gas prices. And sooner or later, if this thing escalates and gets out of hand, you're going to see it affecting you directly in a lot of ways beyond just 
stuff like that. It is something to be concerned about. And I know it, it's stuff like we don't want to don't want to deal with. That's I just want to take an edible and forget about all that shit. Uh, but unfortunately, it's getting all too real. In World War Three, you know, when you talk about Russia and the United States getting in, involved, this has been like the biggest fear of my lifetime. The Cold War fears are back, right? Um, and then when you throw in news media talking about nukes, <sighs> nukes, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you can imagine, like, if there were a civil war in the United States and Washington, D.C. was threatening to nuke Texas. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. Russia's going to use nuclear weapons on the Ukraine? Seriously? You know, it's like right there. It's like New York using nukes on New Jersey. Oh, that won't affect us at all. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. And what's real and what's really not, what's happening and what's not happening. Uh, and then whatever. Uh, Carl, talk, Carl is talking about uh, food prices. Yeah, that, that will definitely, you know, inflation across the board on everything. It's not just because of what Ukraine uh, exports directly but because the world getting sucked into this problem together, NATO um, creates across the board lots of different uh, market fluctuations and things like that. It's not going to be it's not going to be a fun thing if this thing keeps uh, escalating. Uh, Kevin saying three dollars and five cents a gallon here. Uh, what was it like last year? Was it $2.05 a gallon last year? I know the area that I'm in is typically higher than the rest of the country. 391 is not the top. I, get, I guarantee you I can go out to um, East Hampton. There's a Hess station on the way out there that I know will be the highest in, in, in on Long Island uh, gas prices. And I would bet there would be over $5 a gallon easy at that one particular gas station. Uh, but I guess, I don't know what the national average is. I think uh, Kevin's number is probably closer to the national average, $3.05, maybe three ten. Just a guess. I don't know. China would love to watch. Uh, yeah, definitely. China would be the big winner here. Uh, China... Going to make a run to Taiwan while we're all watching Russia and Ukraine. That's all possible. It's all speculation and, you know, you can speculate anything at this point. Deal with earthquakes and massive oil and gas infrastructure everywhere in the state. Yeah. As a student of History Channel, it looks bad in my study. <laughs> um, well, I don't know, see, because ancient aliens might come down uh some Hitler footage because they just love Hitler stuff. They got plenty of footage that they could use. Uh, and I don't know what, what else. Oh, maybe uh, Duck Dynasty will get involved. I don't know. Are they History Channel? I don't know. History Channel, the mystery of Oak Island. Uh, uh, History Channel is just like so much contrived nonsense. <laughs> uh, 
first report in DMs. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you what do you mean? Mean mean? Oh, he sent me a video from. Uh, Oh, I, I got to play this. My, How do I? How do I get this out? I have a report from, from the uh, from the front. Uh, can I copy message? No, you don't. Damn it. They don't let you just pull this stuff out. Save your videos from. Uh, from you, 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 from you. I'm like stuck from you, from you, from you, from you. No, they don't let you copy the URL or anything. How do I get this video? You damn video, fuck you. Copy message. No, damn it. Well, you know what? I'm just going to have to play the whole thing from the browser. Let's do this. Oh, but I can't do it that way. Sheesh. I got, like, lots to do here to get this happening. Too much work. Let me see this. Share screen. Chrome tab. Go over to Twitter. Okay, so let's see if we can make it happen this way. Let's go. Can confirm we are at war. This is war. Western imperialism is pushing into Russia. They are fighting the evil Ukrainians. You saw those old bitches. You saw those old women with those guns. They're evil and they need to be stopped. This is war. Alert. This is war. Can we get food around here? That was very convincing, by the way, the uh, with the uh, traffic noise in the background there and all that. I didn't see any old bitches with guns. This is the problem. Um, wait, how do I get rid of this now? It's stuck with me forever. Um, Google Earth it. I, I recommend to everybody, go on Google Earth. Go down there. Get on the ground. Walk around that neighborhood like I did. Very peaceful. Kind of white trashy, I have to say. I mean, you saw that train those people were getting on. By the way, their loved ones are supposedly going away. It's War's coming, and they're all like, like the family's going to fucking Disneyland, waving to, to the people that are leaving on the ground. They're, oh, you're going to get blown up. <laughs> See, we're going to gate. We got, they got cake at Grandma's house. What the fuck is with that? I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, but it definitely looks like a really white. If you notice the cars in, in the neighbor in their neighborhood, they're like they're driving like cars from the nineteen seventies. Buildings are all. It doesn't look like a fun place to live. So maybe that's why there are Russian separatists. They're like, well, this fucking place is a slum. At least in Russia, we could get bread. Maybe. I don't know. Can they get bread? Uh, I think that uh, report from my uh, guy on the ground over there might have terrified some people. Uh, good morning, Kat. See, she's scared. She's scared now. Uh, sound of fury. <laughs> it caused crumbling tummy. Is there food around here? You know what? I bet you the food in Ukraine is probably pretty bad. Uh they don't have tiger chicken stand over there. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't look like there was a McDonald's in the neighborhood. Uh, my rust, rooster cut his comb yesterday and was bleeding a little this morning. And seven hens had his head covered in blood from picking uh, 
out of his wounds. Uh, chickens and monsters. Wow. I must have missed something. Did I make a wrong turn? <laughs> Where? How did I end up here? Uh, what do we got here? Honestly, sans nukes, I'd rather fight them now than 50 years ago. We're more empowered military than we were then. But you can't go sans nukes because nukes are a reality. And it seems some people are more interested in using them than others. And I don't want to be on the side that's not interested in using them. But I don't want to be on the side that's interested in using them either. I don't want nukes. No nukes should open the phone lines while we can. You know, yesterday I forgot to do the sponsor stuff. If I do that one more time, I may lose uh, cold coffee. And we can't afford to lose cold coffee around here. We just can't. Uh, first of all, the free coffee is <laughs> very important. It's very, very important. Uh, what is this that I had? Up oh, that's a book I wanted to show last night. Let me get rid of that. Get rid of you. Get out of there. Uh Cold coffee. Do you have yours? I got mine. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, it's the best coffee in America. Be Why is that book still showing? And I can't get rid of it now. There we go. Get rid of that. Okay. Man, the system has gone off the rails. It's like uh, invaded by uh, Ukrainian hackers or something, or Russian hackers. Um, or maybe... It was just Putin in a bag. Me and Matty roll a fatty, cruise the mile in my caddy. Pretty... All right, enough of that. Um, Koa Coffee is the best coffee in America, as uh, determined by <laughs> Forbes magazine, who rated the 10 best coffees in the world. Uh, didn't find any good coffee in Ukraine. I can guarantee that. Uh, no good coffee in Russia either. So fuck both of those countries till they get some good coffee. Uh, let's just ignore them both. But Koa coffee, grown on the slopes of the Manaloa volcano in heaven. Oh, we like to know it. Hawaii. Same thing. Uh, best coffee in America. And you can find out why if you get yourself some. Like, I got myself some. Uh, and listen, you could tell the difference. I just started drinking it at two minutes to nine this morning. And look how much more awake I am now than I was then. So that should speak um, volumes. No, you're not with me on this. Well, get yourself some cold coffee. Let's go see if there's a girl running on the beach we can offer some coffee to, okay? This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blend, no compromise, try the true taste of Aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, Expertly roasted and delivered from Hawaii to your door with Aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Manaloa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. You know, um, Carl brings up a good point here. He said it's a true taste of hello or bye. Now, 
and this definitely looks like she's telling me goodbye, right? Bye. Bye. That's a shame. Come back. Come back, Shane. You see, I'm not sure because aloha, the true taste of aloha. Aloha is not like shalom, is it? Because shalom means hello or goodbye. Depending if a Jew is coming at you and you say shalom, it's hello. If he, the Jew is going away from you and you say shalom, it's, it's goodbye. I'm not sure that's the way it works with aloha. Let's find out, shall we? Let's ask Mr. Google. Mr. Google, what the hell is aloha? Uh, can I even spell aloha? Mean. Aloha, it does mean it's bye. It's just bye. Hawaiian, it means it, aloha. English means bye. That's a goodbye. Aloha. So it's the taste of bye? Bye. <laughs> well, that tasted good. Aloha definition and meaning, Miriam Webster. Used as a greeting or farewell. So it is like shalom. Hey, aloha. Hey, hey, aloha. 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 You coming, you going. Hello. You say yes. I say no. You say shalom. And I say aloha. Uh, aloha, folks. I don't know. It does seem like very weird copy, uh, but that's the copy. I didn't make it. I didn't write it. I just read it. The taste of aloha, the taste of hello and goodbye. Maybe I should cut that part out because it is very confusing. Uh, this coffee helps me poop. Exactly. Exactly, which is why... Uh, you should invest in uh, Koa Coffee. Definitely is the best pooping poop, poop brand there is, without a doubt. Uh, I thought it was just a chase me look. Wait, did I miss something again? Is Kevin um, okay? Has anybody checked on Kevin? It's just chase me eyes. I'm sure of it. Uh, somebody somebody give Kevin a call immediately. Uh Something is very. Maybe he's speaking Ukrainian to me. She's running to get to the toilet first. Now uh, it seems like Cat has joined him. In uh, there's an insanity going around. Uh, it's, uh, please, it's like catching. It's going from New York to Oklahoma. It's really, it's like epidemic. It's pandemic. It's really bad. I take her to. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I feel like I've walked into. Uh, Walking with the dog with the dog in my pocket. More bass, please. You want more bass? <laughs> I don't know. I can't pump up the bass. Pump up the bass. I did uh, release that song I've been that music I've been working on last night. Um, I didn't do a video. I started a video yet. It's really hard to do a video for it because the music makes no sense at all. Can I debut the music here? Just the music and just look at me while I'm doing it. I don't know. See, I don't know if we're capable of enjoying music without video anymore. I think we've become so conditioned to needing a piece of video to play while we listen to music. It's kind of depressing in some ways for me because, and it also means more work for me. Like, I don't want to do a video every time I do a new song. Um, 
Will Ferrell is coming to Evolutions. Does that uh, mean anything to you? Will Ferrell is going, they're trying to get me uh, to join a new podcasting platform because Will Ferrell is going to be on there. Oh, so one of these uh, podcaster trade shows. No, I, oh, well, maybe I will go to this one. Oh, some good people are going to be there. Anyway, uh, you, I know you tuned in to hear me reading my email. So uh, welcome to that part of the show. Paul says, uh, we used to sit and stare at the album cover for hours and just listen. And you could go uh, to Times, uh, I'm da- really dating myself here. Times Square Stores record department. And if you just you were lucky enough to go in there, you could say, put the newest album on and we'll listen to it. While you're walking around the record department, listen to the new releases. Uh, without a video. Without a video. And you just listen to the, the songs as you're shopping around through album covers that you might pick just because of the visual on the album cover. Those days are gone. So we need, I think we need uh, video now to play music, which is why I'm uh, reluctant to play the new song yet. I did put it on Patreon. The Patreon people have a couple of new uh, downloads, free downloads, uh, but uh, it's also on the evil streaming platforms. Uh, If you go there and listen to them, I prefer you go to Amazon, not Spotify. I'm still... Can't get DistroKid to not put me on Spotify for some reason. I think they might be partially owned by Spotify. This is where it gets tricky. On Apple Music, you can go listen on Apple Music. Look for Mind Dog or Matt and Apple. You'll find all the stuff there. Um, but so uh, it is what it is. I mean, it's just a pain in the ass to have to do a video for it, especially for a song like yesterday that I put out, which was six minutes and 32 seconds long, long song. I tried cutting it down last night and editing it down. and just like, I couldn't bring myself to do it. There's so many little phrases in there that just, ah, no, it's got to be there. Got to be there. If I cut that out, it just kind of takes away from the whole song. I'll be expecting it there, and it's not there, and I'll be angry. The problem of being uh, without a record company or anybody to tell you what to do you do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and that, that's not good <laughs> to let me just do whatever the hell I want, is it? I'm waiting on Mike McFarlane, the heavy metal dad comic. Now, I was thinking about this last night, and I don't want to be insult- insulting to my guests. I definitely, I never want to do that. Sometimes it just happens naturally. Um. When I think of heavy metal, uh, heavy metal dad, thinking of uh, heavy metal dad, um, what that conjures up to me is basically a guy on a bike who has kids, but he doesn't know their names. Maybe every once in a while he'll send the um, child support check every once in a while, I say, but he's probably behind. And this, I'm not saying this is about Mike McFarlane, I guess, today. The image of the name Heavy Metal Dad, what that conjures for me, is a guy who is several years behind on his child support, still rides a bike at 50 years old, has kids he doesn't know, uh, 
as opposed to hip hop dad, which would be just basically the same thing, just living in a black neighborhood. <laughs> oh, now he's in trouble. He's getting all racial and, or, but those are the images. Those you know, when you talk about heavy metal dad, hip hop dad, you're not thinking upstanding citizen, good dad. Oh yeah, I'm not. And when you think dad jokes, I don't know, just a branding here. And again, I'm not trying to be, <laughs> I'm not trying to be um, critical or negative about my upcoming guests. I just think the branding for me is a little strange. Comedians don't want to be known as dad, telling dad jokes. And uh, dads don't want to be kind of, I don't know, associated with bad dads, bad dads, heavy metal dads, hip hop dads, you name it. So that was it. Uh, cold coffee. Hope you get yours. Uh, they sponsor us today. Good stuff. What am I missing in the chat room? Uh, not much. People are Kevin talking about album covers now. Back to normal. We're off of the chickens. Thank God. Album covers become CD covers become thumbnails with bad resolution. I don't know about that bad resolution stuff there, Kevin. <laughs> Typically, <laughs> you have to have a, uh, well, 72 DPI resolution, but you have to have 3,000 by 3,000 pixels to, to launch. And that's not a, a thumbnail, but that's what they create the thumbnail out of, which is a very big image. So I'll just give you an example of one, if I may. Can I, can I do that? Can I give you an example of one? I don't know. Oh no, that's not one. <laughs> but those are—they're not necessarily uh, low resolution. The, the thumbnail stuff, share screen. I can't do this stuff. I just can't do it. Um, but it, it's awful. Some I I can understand that some of the thumbnails that they use in in for music are really badly done because not too many people are actually uh, putting all that much work into them, especially independent artists. Now, music, comp music companies, record companies are definitely still going uh, all out and hiring great graphic artists. But a lot of people who are just publishing, I know I don't put any time into thumbnails and stuff like that. The thumbnail you need to have to put your stuff on the streaming services Uh do I have one? Let's see. Well, it's like too much crap going on here. That's the problem. Too much crap every day. Uh, I throw them all out. I get rid of them as soon as I'm done using them. That's part of the problem, too. Uh, no, I don't have a good one I can show you. But they are high res. They're just not very well produced. Because <laughs> you know what? As an independent artist, who has the money for uh, to hire every time... Here's a thumbnail. Now, you can't even tell what that actually does. And so I appreciate, I'm going to share this, because it is bad. It definitely is bad. But it's not low res. Uh, there it is. So that's not low res. That's just really, it doesn't really explain to you what the song is about. It's not well produced or anything. Uh, this was for the most recent one I did the other day, about the edible energy. Uh, so that's what it is. So, but who, again, as an independent guy who's putting music out all the time, who, 
think I'm going to hire a graphic artist to do that for me? No. So, yeah, it's no album cover. And I, your point is well taken. I would definitely love to have old-fashioned album covers. People forget. I don't forget because I was in the industry why we stopped having vinyl. And it wasn't because um, it was... It happened around the time that CDs came into existence, but it wasn't because of CDs. It was because of the environmental protection program and uh, the damage. Because the disc makers, the people who were doing, uh, were making records, were do- uh, dumping toxic chemicals left and right all around America, because the process of making vinyl records, uh, some one of the byproducts of that is toxic plastic goo and so uh one of the companies i was working for that was doing still doing a lot of albums into the 80s they were fined 10 million dollars uh by the epa uh and 10 million dollars was a lot of money in the early 80s and that shut them down and they stopped doing vinyl altogether but that was happening left and right so a lot of people think it was because oh innovation and technology no it was wasn't that it was people freaking out about oh shit this stuff is making a lot of poison <laughs> that's exactly why vinyl went away so there's a resurgence interest in, in vinyl until people remember why uh we stopped doing vinyl uh, yeah it sounds nice but i'd rather have some clean drinking water and fresh air if i could um Jamie says he's taking Hank for a walk. See you, see you, see you soon, Biggs. Well, uh, you won't see me soon. Um, well, maybe you will. I'll probably still be here talking to a heavy metal dad comic who's on the West Coast. Uh, calls us Hank Pig. Get a breather before tonight. Oh, you got a big show coming up tonight, do you? Love to know about that. Who's your guest? You got a good guest for tonight? Want to talk about it? Uh, Kevin says he's still got a 64G iPad full size uh, in a metal case. Still works too. Never use it, but it works. All right. You want to sell that sucker? Come on. Sell me that sucker. I need a big old iPad that I could just use for a teleprompter. So it doesn't have to have a whole lot. I need big, a big old, with big old, big old fonts for uh, guys who has very bad eyes. Um, the last rights pro- uh, podcast will be on, I believe, two p.m. Eastern today. Might be one p.m. They change the time sometimes. Chew uh, a dog. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, excuse me. There isn't an M- oh for a gun. Yeah, there is. There's an M M Joy for a gun. Of course, there is. Come on. Oh, not on not on uh, the YouTube stuff, right? Uh, hmm. Anyway, so waiting for Mike McFarlane to call in from L.A. I uh, will open the phone lines in the meantime. If anybody's got something to talk about, uh, oh, I lost Mike's uh, contact page. I'm gonna put put that up, don't I? Don't I? Mike McFarlane, comedian. He works a lot. Looking at his schedule, he had a gig last night. 
uh, was scheduling tickets. So he had one last night, Ugly Baby Comedy Show, last night in Yucca, uh, Street, on Yucca Street in Los Angeles, Ugly Baby Comedy Hour. Uh, and he has one 226, which is what, Sunday? Monday? What is that? Oh, Saturday. Saturday night show and then uh, a Monday night show and then a Tuesday night show. 228. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, and he's got a full schedule. He's, he's, basically, his, his um, shows and, and stuff are pretty much three, four days a week. I mean, how many how many comedians do you know working three, four days a week locally, and locally in the LA area? Locally, it's got to be easier in the LA area than it is uh, where you are, because where you are really, it's like Ukraine over there where you are. Uh, co worker has some old Crown amps. He swears uh, buy for his home audio. It's nostalgia. I have some old Crown amps too. I don't. I haven't plugged them in in years. Uh, tried to sell them and couldn't get anything for them uh no i would not use those no no not not great for home audio it is it was in the day but listen you have to turn them up loud enough to be louder than the fan that's in the amp They're meant, Crown Audio amps are meant for powering bands and stuff from behind the stage where you're playing at a decibel level that nobody will hear the fans in the amplifiers. Uh, 32K MP3 is still the best audio. 32K MP3. Ah, whatever. Whatever. I mean, I don't even... (laughs) MP3. If you go with a really high quality MP3 now, like the whatever, 164, uh, bit is is. Can you actually tell the difference between CD 44.1, uh, CD quality? I know a lot of people swear they can. I know a lot of people delude themselves about how good their hearing is. Oh, I could hear nuance and warmth and uh, yeah. Well, good for you, good for you. And you could taste uh, these Hawaiian soil my weed was uh, grown in because you have uncanny sense of taste and uh, nuance. I guess. Yeah. I think I think some old folks just reliving their old days with the with the gear. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's like it's that's like saying you know I break out a Commodore 64 because of the, it, it was just so much better than my uh, new iMac Pro. <laughs> right. Uh, worked around fighter jets for a decade. I'm deaf as a stump. Yeah, a lot of tinnitus going on. In the, in the world today, a lot of people don't hear so well. I don't hear so well, I, which makes the mask generation really, you know, the last 
mass generation, the last couple of years of mask wearing, especially difficult for, for somebody like me because I'm used to reading lips. Now I can't read lips. So people talk to me behind a mask. Huh? Wow. I give the right? No, I don't know what you're saying to me. So I'll just shake my head. I'll just nod my head in agreement. Uh, right. What? Huh? Even with double hearing protection, uh, you're on extra double uh, probation, super secret double extra probation with hearing protection now. Bodum. 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 Online fight fight line always wore earplugs and over the earmuffs. Um, earmuffs. That's very nice. Earmuff. I have natural earmuffs now. <laughs> I have to shave my earmuffs almost daily. Uh, <laughs> anyway. As we await uh, Mike McFarlane, let me play just a little music video, kind of, uh, why not? Because why not? That's what I say. Uh, do I have a music video to play? No, nah, I really don't, do I? I don't have anything good to play. Karen, we got anything good to play back? Oh, my God, lighten up. I'm working on it, my dog. Interns. I can't, I can't deal with these interns. You know what? Um, I don't know. I've played all these songs so many times before, and they all um, my own songs will get me a copyright bang no matter what. Let's go with um, go with Broken Two. Yeah, let's go with Broken Two. I'm gonna go with Broken Two. I'm gonna go get some fresh coffee. I'll be right back. And I'm shattered glass I know you think I'm just an ass But if you look beneath my scars You'll find that I'm just like you are For all the shit that we've been through I love you cause you're broken And I'm beaten down I know you think I'm just a clown A damaged and a mangled mess Cause I can't see that I've been blessed Inside of me, inside of you I love you cause you're
girl in this video uh broken broker in two uh no there's no beating going on in that video i don't uh endorse <clears throat> unlike carl carl man i don't in- endorse domestic violence or any kind of violence whatsoever uh no i don't think there was any beating going on in that video if there was i missed it and i think i shot it all or at least was part of it all Anyway, um, looks like my guest is late. You know, Monday, Cousin Birdo was a no-show. Turns out he slept through the whole thing, (laughs) which I I could relate to, man. I would sleep through it, too. I I would be the kind of guy who made an appointment uh, to be on a show like this and then just blow it off by sleeping through it and then say, hey, can we reschedule? Yeah, we can reschedule. How about never? Uh, no, you don't get a second chance after you told me you slept through the whole fucking thing. I'm sorry. Um, give me any other excuse. Give me war broke out in Ukraine and you felt like you had to go protect your family on that shitty little fucking train from the 1950s. Uh, and, you know, I I almost want to pull up that video again because then just comment on how absurd some of the images in that video were. Um, maybe I could do that. Actually, Mike's not late yet. Uh, I jumped the gun on calling him late. It's actually got one, two minutes left before he actually is late. So it's me being just constantly way too early and over anxious and and full of anxiety. This is the problem. We got to get rid of me. Once we get rid of me, everything will be, will be much better. Uh, Oh, I don't even know about that. Let me see uh, if I could pull up some of these images here of the people on the train. The train to Kab- Wait, I'm doing this as we speak here. Ah, more of these fucking dog commercials. Good thing you're not watching this with me. I don't know why they keep showing me. Here you go. <laughs> oh boy. Look at these people. All right. Oh, wait. You don't want to do that, stupid. Man, I am just so incompetent. I need myself a, an engineer. 
been looking. You know what? You can't get people. You can't hire part-time work anymore. You just can't do it. I try. They just can't be found. People who just can't be found. Let me see this uh, quickly. Um, share screens. Here we go. Nope, window. Now, these are the people on the train waving goodbye. Now, <laughs> first of all, look at this friggin' train. Um, I don't know how well you can see this. Can I just zoom this in completely here? No, there it is. Now, this is a train of supposedly of people in your Ukraine clearing out of Ukraine because bombs are going to be falling and they're leaving their loved ones behind. But they look like they're waving, like everybody's going to Disneyland. They're all smiling. And look how shitty that train looks. It looks like a train from, no kidding, the 1950s, the 1940s. Like they haven't upgraded their infrastructure one bit in the last 70 years or so. But they're all so happy to be leaving. Yeah. Bye, Mom and Dad. Uh, enjoy the bombs. We're going to visit Grandma. I mean, it just, it's so fucking bizarre, man. I'm just looking at this picture. And there's tons of images like this that, again, I urge people to get on Google Earth and see what's really going on there. Get on the ground. Walk the streets of Dontesk <laughs> or Eastern Ukraine. And on Google Earth and kind of see what's really going on there for yourself. It's bizarre, but I mean, this picture, there's a lot to look at here, but it's just how old and decrepit the train looks and how happy the people who are leaving a war zone, leaving their loved ones in the war zone. Hey, bye now. <laughs> uh, it's just very strange. Mike McFarland is with us, folks. Uh, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Are you impressed over there on the on uh, in the UK? Do we have people from Europe with us since this morning? Yes, we do. Well, we have a guy. You think it's early for me? It's really early for him. It's seven a.m. and he's uh, he's with us after having a show last night, ladies and gentlemen. The heavy metal dad comic himself, Mike McFarland, is with us. Mike, welcome. Hey, good morning, man. It's going. How are you? It's early. It is early. I'm sorry to get you out of bed this early, but I, you know what? I think West Coast people handle it a little better than East Coast people. Uh, and But I have, have to consider that it's a worldwide program, and we have people who are – it's the middle of the night for some people, like in Australia and stuff. So uh, thanks for being here. Now, uh, you had a show last night, did you not? I did. I had it in uh, Hollywood in a very questionable era. <laughs> so, we'll just say that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was putting my prayers out there that I'd make it back to my car okay after. Wow. <laughs> so, interesting stuff. Now, I was commenting this morning about the, um, the branding of Heavy Metal Dad comic. Uh huh. It's, it seems kind of uh, unusual branding. Uh, first of all, uh, I think when I think of heavy metal dads, I think of a guy who who's probably fifty years old, riding a bike, has many kids from many different wives, doesn't know any of them, uh, and uh, <laughs> I mean that's what the name conjures up. Now, dad, dad, dad jokes definitely not a good connotation among the comedy world. So if you put them together, it does, it doesn't seem like. Uh, um necessarily positive branding what what am i missing here 
Uh, well, I mean, I just, I mean, the story's not difficult. It's just, you know, I love metal music. I mean, I grew up with it. I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, I'm a dad. But yeah, I do have kids from different, from different marriages. Um, <laughs> do, uh, but yeah, I mean, I talk about, it's just about my experiences with, uh, um, you know, the kids, uh, being a parent and, you know, being, being a Gen Xer. Because today it's all about, they have this woke culture and they, you know, nobody wants to be offended by anything. And that's all Gen X is, you know, it's just being offensive all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it, depending on what crowd it is, you know, I, you know, you either, you either get the big laughs or you get people going like, mm, when, mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be a tough time. And you, you haven't been doing stand up your whole life, right? You, this is something you came to late in life. Late in life, I started like uh, three years ago. Um, transparency, I do have a, uh, I have a comedy coach that's kind of helping me, you know, lead me through the wilderness. Uh, her name is Rodell. She's actually from uh, Staten Island. Wow. She's been out so, here in L.A. for a while. What, what, uh, what, was, what made you actually do this later in life? Is it something you always wanted to do and suppressed in order to pay bills and get through life? And then at some, at some point you said, you know what, uh, life's too short, I'm going to do it now. What, what was the, the trigger that said, okay, it's time to do this? I was a writer before. So I used to write SEO for websites. My background is advertising, so that's really boring stuff. But my son actually started in, in stand-up first, so I wrote for him. And then he decided that he really wanted to be behind the camera. He wanted to write scripts, and so I took the material, and I was like, well, I'm just going to try it. And I've always, you know, I've been on beach teams before, and I've been a facilitator at Universal Studios uh, before. Uh, so talking in front of crowds is not a problem, and, but, you know, but I, I, I like it, though. Yeah, I really do. Uh, I, I like getting a reaction from the crowd, good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, but I mean, I, I like it, you know. Yeah. And and so you're working pretty steady. I mean, I look at your your website. I could bring the website up here now. Most yeah. guys who who it takes many years to get a schedule that's kind of full and and, and continues to stay booked. I think at being in LA probably ha is beneficial to that but uh how long did it take you before you actually got like some steady work out of it you know i did open mics for about nine to ten months before i even got booked for a show wow uh, i did that and the thing about open mics i think that um a lot of the the younger crowd misses is that it's really only 30 percent about doing your hero other 70% is networking. That's the whole reason why you go. So if you really, really push it, you know, take the pictures, fill your social media, talking to people, you know, connect people on Instagram, uh, that leads to other things. You know, it's just a slow momentum. You just have to be consistent at it. Yeah. You know, you see the same thing in, in music and this is, and I'm, I'm wondering if this is, uh, true about like comedy clubs and open micers, especially when there are open mic nights in music, people will go, they'll wait until they, they're called to go up through their five minutes or three songs or whatever, uh, and then leave. 
and that not support the acts that are on after him. Is that a common thing in the open micers? Like people leave as soon as they're five minutes, they're off the stage. They're not going to stick around for the next guy and support him. Yeah, they, they do do that because their whole concentration is on just doing the material. Right. You know, you can do your material at home. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just being real. You know, you can do your material at home. The reason why you, you get your ass up and, you know, you go someplace else to go and, and get on the stage with these strangers to meet them. Good, good point, man. I think a, a lot of people miss that. That part of most of, um, I don't say most of it, a good portion of success in in the creative business, no matter what it is, whether you're acting, doing com- comedy, music, no matter what, is that connections and and the networking part and the people lead to people. So that even if there's somebody in a comedy club you meet who's not going to help you get booked on the show, he knows somebody or knows, she knows somebody who at, at some point down the line will end up being a valuable connection, somebody who got you on this show and all that kind of stuff. People lead to people, and I, don't, I think too many people miss that. Your background in marketing, SEO stuff, and all that stuff helped uh, tremendously with that kind of uh, mindset, yes? Yeah, it does. You know, and the other thing, too... Uh, just about being in the entertainment industry, especially dealing with creatives, they they value. So if you tell them, hey, look, hey, you know, like if you're producing a show or you're putting on a show, hey, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it, you know, because they took the time to get their set together and the time to drive there, to park, to promote the show. All that took time because, I mean, they have a regular job somewhere else, you know what I mean? So being kind to them makes them want to spread your name. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, great advice. So now when you talk about uh, the material you do do and your influences, uh, I noticed some, some uh, you, I wouldn't, again, uh, the branding has me a little confused when I think heavy metal dad comic and then I see Sebastian Maniscalco on there. Uh, it, he's kind of like... Um, family comic <laughs> like very family oriented is that is that what you're doing like your material is family based like observational stuff about home life yeah i do I, I i do basically just my experiences i don't really do anything based on my opinion um and real quick the reason for that is that you know we're in a society now where people want to challenge you on right. your material so when they do that I just basically tell them, these are my experiences. They're unique to me. They're not unique to you. Don't tell me what to do. Right. Um, that's that, that, that's just straight up with that. Uh, but I like uh, Sebastian because of his facial expressions. He's very uh, physical. Yeah. So I for that, I like White because of his material is so, it, it's, it's sharp. You know, you know what I mean? It's really, really sharp. And he's a, he's a sharp guy. So kind of combining the two together. And yeah, I talk about my kids and i do talk about my ex-wives uh in, in my my uh you know in my wife right now too but i i do a lot of gen x material too because i just feel like right right now we need to sh- kind of shake things up a little bit they're 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 a little too nice <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah no i hear you i, I and i think some sometimes I do think people need to challenge challenge the the, uh, the idea that you can't say anything offensive. Sometimes it's important to to say things that 
are not necessarily popular, and sometimes it's uh, important to say things that are going to make people, uh, you know, how can you say that? Uh, just to remind them that, you know, it is an adult medium in a lot of ways. But I want to talk, because you talk about Sebastian, uh, and I don't know if you, you have any of that, but I want to know if you think you can develop that. Because what he does is very physical, but not, in a Chris Farley kind of physical way where he's doing a lot of physical humor. It's just reactions and gestures that I think seem to come naturally to him, but they also seem to be um, accentuated on purpose with intention. Like some of those small gestures he does, they're almost like choreographed, like dance, small dance moves. Can you learn that kind of stuff or is it best to just, because you talked about working with with uh, culture and and is it can is that something you can develop within yourself that whole gesture? I think, yeah, uh, I, I, think I think your 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 natural personality has to connect to whatever feels comfortable to you. Because when you force things, it just looks fake. And as soon as it looks fake, people are like, "Okay, I'm I'm out." You know, you know what I mean. I I, I connect with somebody who looks real. So the facial expressions I do, um, I don't do a lot of physical stuff, you know, on, on stage. I'm 49 years old and I got a bad hip, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But the facial expressions, you know, I, 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 I do like to do. And I picked him out because I, I, I do like his material. But that, that is what he's kind of known for. You know what I mean? That's what kind of really sets him apart. Right. And there's... You know, in, in the Hollywood area alone, they say there's like 3,000 comedians in that area. You know what I mean? So what do you what do you do to make yourself unique and set yourself apart? You move around. You know, you show people what your facial expression is to know what, what the things you're trying to get across to them. So if you need to right. yell, yell. You know, if you need to be quiet, quiet. You know, yeah. if you need to look disgusted, look disgusted. You know what I mean? Uh, Did you go so, to any... Um discovery on that for yourself as you will you will be i want to say the transitioning to, transitioning to stand-up comedy but uh, it's got to be like a learning curve like you're learning what parts of yourself are going to be most effective to exaggerate to a, an audience right so it, it, you know tri trial and error like okay that part of me that's not going to work in the early days taking notes like that did you go through that kind of learning oh, curve yeah yeah, it's you know, and, and still going through that learning curve. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it ever ends, man. You know, you're still kind of just learning stuff about yourself. You know, and every crowd is so different. You know, yeah. I, I just started uh, traveling outside of LA, so I've been up to, you know, I've been down to Boone, which is in Orange County, not the way, but it's completely different. And then I've been up to Santa Barbara and Ventura County, and uh, all those places are different, which is good as a comedian to develop that and get to these different crowds and feel comfortable with it, dude. Uh, right. so so that that has been a big learning curve for me but in an enjoyable one because i i do like a challenge because you you walk away learning something new and now you're just more developed right what about um people who've known you your whole life who um when you first went into it well had did anybody have any different reactions like wait a minute you're gonna do stand-up comedy now at this age like any negative naysayers to kind of hold you back from doing it or, or just surprise from people very surprised you know i mean i was i was in the Navy for 20 years 
you know, so, you know, very rigid, you know, lifestyle. People are like, no way. It's, he can't, he can't be funny. <laughs> There's no way, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Is, those conversations are serious. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm retired and you're supposed to enjoy life. And, you know, I, I have the mentality of I don't want what if. So if you don't want to think what if, then just go do it and find out what happens. Oh, I know it all too well, man. That's the reason I started doing uh, the podcast, or one of the main reasons was a guy who was 69 years old who was selling me his amplifier and basically uh, telling me that uh, I was living the dream and that he always wanted to be in a band and his selling me an amplifier was was symbolic to him of him giving up on his dream. And it's like, you know, that's the worst place you want to be in life. And so I wish I yeah. would have tried this and wish I w- would have done that stuff. So I hear that uh, loud and clear. Were you always from the LA area or, or from California? No. Um, the, the Navy brought me out to California. So I mean, I've been out to California. I've been in California for over 30 years, but I was born in Lakewood, New Jersey. Oh, that's where I was. I was born. I don't at. hear any. I don't hear any of that accent ever. No, I've been out here for a long time. <laughs> so, but, but you mentioned the because uh, comedy in general has been so oversaturated with people doing it now. And you mentioned like a, a heavy number there, three thousand in probably the L.A. alone. It sounds like a massive, a lot of amount of competition. But just like podcasters, I think there are people who get into it. Uh, and they'll do three or five shows and then and, and fade pretty quickly when they find out how difficult it really is or just can't handle the rejection or one bad one night of just really bombing can kill some people's career and all that stuff. So is it really that saturated? And two part question: Is it really that saturated? And is the uh, being in LA or that area because? It is a mecca, and it's where people who are serious about it are going to be. Is it a pro, a plus, or a negative to be in that kind of um, hot spot for comedy? I got you. Yeah. One, yes, it is that saturated, uh, and the reason for that is is that they're they're not all comedians that are getting on stage. So there is a mixture of actors and actresses that are getting on stage, so they can get. To- time and get noticed because you never know right. who's in the crowd there could be a booker there could be an agent who knows uh and some of them are just trying it out they're not sure should i go the actress route the comedian route so there's, there's that and that's the reason why it is so oversaturated right um the other thing is is that everything in life the way that i look at it you get to choose whether it's positive or negative Good. so the way that i look at it is is that yes la is tough but it has, it has made me develop my own energy when there's no energy in the room. So when you go to a show and they're digging it, you're like off the rails now. No. So that's a good thing. So it, it, it develops that tough skin, I think, that is really, really needed in the entertainment industry. Yeah, I totally bombed before. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and if, you know, I'll probably do it again. I mean, you just, you just never know. But I think, you know, I, I learned from bombing too about what not to do. So, you know, yeah. I look at it as it's a, it's a good development thing. You know, that's, that, that's what it is for me. Yeah. I, I don't think you could ever, 
and uh, this comes up a lot on this program. I don't think you'd ever really do anything in life without experiencing the bombing in it, whether it's stand-up comedy, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, flipping burgers at McDonald's. If You, you have to have a bad day <laughs> uh, in order to appreciate what, what it is you love about whatever job you do. So uh, I think it's an important part of it. But the other part of that people don't get, like, because you're in California, I think you have a unique opportunity to work a lot of different places and, and, and sharpen your craft where, because there's so much opportunity north and south and you can still come home and still have a, a bit of a family life and, and see your family once in a while, where if you live in the Midwest, you basically you, you got three comedy clubs that you could work at with, within 500 miles. And so if you really want to, get any real experience at all you're going to have to hit the road and not see your family more so there's some advantages to being new york boston you know east coast stuff and la that area where you you have a lot of opportunity within driving range so you can still you have the best of both worlds i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah, the yeah. family life. <laughs> family life for sure man for sure what about um uh, because I I noticed one of your other influences, I believe that was on your list, was Ron White. Now, uh, Ron has been known as kind of a Dean Martin type of character, always having a drink with him on stage, appearing to be drunk. Whether he whether that's an act or not, I don't know. But what about that that part of uh, does that fit into what you do, the, the dr drinking and drugging part of <laughs> of comedy? So I don't. I'm totally sober. I don't drink. I don't do drugs, smoke, or anything like that. But the um, I haven't. Uh, I used to. I mean, I smoked cigarettes for like 18 years uh, when I was in the Navy. I haven't smoked in like seven years. Um, recently stopped drinking in March of last year. So March of this year would be a year. Um, and the reason behind that is not because I got myself in trouble or anything like that. Just my body felt purple, and I was forgetting my sets. Like I would blank out, um, and that's because I, I was I was a super heavy drinker, man, really heavy. Like um, it got to a point to where it would take one day and fit an entire week's worth of drinking in one day. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was a total, total man. I mean, you know, I'm just, I, I like to feel about it. You know what I mean? Uh, right. So, but but you know you wake up the next morning and you basically the next day you're recovering and you lose an entire day and then, <laughs> then you have two more days where it's like okay i can function but i feel like garbage so yeah. that was so that's getting in the way of my creativity and being able to produce material and then forgetting stuff and you know you, you just don't you don't feel good so i i quit um and it wasn't hard to quit at all uh, not, not drinking. It was hard to quit smoking than it was to quit drinking. Interesting, because uh, most yeah. people, most people I know who have quit drinking have gone through some kind of program or something. But so, but the life of uh, green rooms and you talk about networking a lot, and maybe it's different because you, I know you do have a lot of people who are actresses and act actors and, and stuff doing comedy clubs out there but so but the comedy world that i know most comedians the majority of them are drinkers or or, or drug mm -hmm. drug users so yeah. that's got to be make the networking a little difficult because 
being with drunks is fine if you're drunk. But it, I've been sober enough around drunks for a long time to know the worst place to be is where and somebody is totally hammered and you're completely straight. Uh, it's got to be annoying as hell. Change change your life yeah. a little bit. It it does change your life a little bit, but it's a it's it's a catch twenty two. And so, uh, one thing Rodeo Grazi, my comedy coach, has told me, she says, "Look, she goes, you can go to the after party if you want." She goes, "But I'll be honest with you." She goes. That's where trouble starts. She goes, when you yeah. go to the after party, because you know, everyone's got a camera now. You take a picture, I mean, there could be a thousand different opinions from, right. from, from that picture. So, yeah, after the show, hang out 10, 15 minutes, but I talk to the audience. I take pictures with them, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, that sort of thing. Um, because the comedians, I mean, I'll see them at an open mic, we'll pass together, or we'll talk to social media. You know, I mean, I'll talk to them a little bit, but mostly the audience. After 15 minutes, I'm out. I leave. Oh. I don't hang out after a party or anything like that. Because, one, it's not fun to hang out with somebody who's sober, for one. You know, and the other thing is, is that, you know, the whole drinking thing, I just, I, it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, I'm like a wheel in that situation. So I do my business, and then it's, it's, it's time to move on. It sounds like um, twenty years in the Navy and learning that discipline can, can be a, a an advantage too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. Uh, creatives are, and I, I'm speaking for myself here. People who are, are creative, the one thing that many of us lack is discipline. Our biggest weakness is having no discipline. I think. If in a lot of cases, so you know, maybe some military service might help some people. <laughs> I don't know about twenty years. <laughs> we were talking before yeah. you got here. I was talking a little bit about um, music, and I see you shared on there is uh, Guns and Roses, a heavy metal uh, dad comic. What was heavy metal? Is Guns and Roses heavy metal in your in your view? Yeah, it's I mean heavy metal, and they got the guitar and the slash and. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a heavy metal genre, I guess you could say. You know, because you, okay. you got speed, you got speed metal too. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it, it's so weird because the metal that I grew up with is doesn't relate to speed metal or the, and uh, that's all hard rock stuff in in my view. But and again, uh, label don't really matter that much to me. But it's just when I think of heavy metal, I think of early uh, Black Sabbath and mm -hmm. you know Deep, Deep Purple and that kind of stuff, and it, it's just different uh because of, of the generational thing so uh talking about vinyl and cds this morning uh you got a vinyl co collection of heavy metal i do so um there's there's a guy that i go to that's in up hollywood boulevard he has like all the original ones so uh, i have some some ozzy uh uh blues revise i have some of his stuff uh let's see what else i've got uh, i got you know Molly crew of course some billy idol which is more like a little bit of punkish heavy metal yeah. stuff. Right. So I have his stuff. Um, Judas Priest, still love Judas Priest. You know, I always got deep I mean, I still listen to that. I even still listen to the Doors. You know, I like I like yeah. the Doors too. You know, those guys, all, all, all those guys rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but with the vinyl stuff, you got to. Uh, did you go out and buy a, a uh, old fashioned system? Did you still have your system? Tell me about what. <laughs> So but, I didn't have my system, okay? I used to have a system, but after my first one, I was so hungry that I sold it. 
<laughs> full transparency, man. I I just I just let it all hang out there. So yeah, I sold that. Uh, I recently bought a a new turntable, but you know it's one of the newer ones. It's got the Bluetooth on it, you know, and the radio. Oh yeah, all that kind of good stuff. So I have one of those. Uh, but the most important thing is that it can still play forty fives. Yeah, cool. Uh, uh, you have forty fives. I haven't bought any forty fives. I haven't been. I haven't bought any yet. Um, <laughs> but they, they they have an amoeba record which is on which is on Hollywood Bull down there. They do sell them. There. My uh, partner still has these original. He had you know when I was a kid, they had these little girly type cases that you the little like Barbie cases or something forty five cases, and he still has those. Full of them. <laughs> uh, but so, do you hear a difference? When you play your vinyl, do you hear actually? Because this was kind of, uh, I think some people are just like full of themselves and, and imagine them, they have this uh, sense of hearing that I don't have that they can tell a difference between a CD and a good LP on vinyl. Can you tell a difference? I mean, I personally can't, but you know, that also depends on how you take care of your records, too. You know, right? I mean, if they're worse, then yeah, I'm sure they're going to sound different. <laughs> oh, but yes. I, no, I don't. I don't hear any difference, though. Yeah, no, they talk about the warmth, though, of a, if, like a needle on vinyl is going to sound so much warmer than a CD. And like, it's uh, all, no, no. once you put an amplifier to it, it's it all sounds the same to me. And I, you know, I spend a life critically listening to music, and I don't hear any difference. And so uh, I hate when it, uh, I have to question myself, am I, am I just my hearing just that deficient that I don't hear what other people are getting about vinyl and all that stuff? Um, part of it, um, so w- when you're buying vinyl now, how expensive is it? Is, is it like $40 a disc or something, $50 a disc or no? I mean, it, it, it can be depending on, you know, what the popularity is. But, you know, I just bought, um, I just bought Vital's Vital Idol, one, you know, with the White Wedding Part 1 and Part 2. And the reason why I bought that, I just saw him live in Vegas like last year. Wow. He was oh, 65, dude. Rocks and he did like three, uh, th- three outfit changes on stage. Incredible, 55, man. 55 is young, man. 65. He's 65 65. is young. 60. Well, well, you look at Mick Jagger, who's 80, uh, and Paul McCartney's going on tour. And Paul McCartney's not Mick Jagger, and he's not going to have the energy show that Mick Jagger does, but he's going, uh, going on tour this year at 80. I mean, so if the, the numbers are changing and it's fantastic i think i mean i have i have a huge huge respect for musicians because that's an area that is really really tough to make it in and where they all start at i mean at some point in life all those musicians they've been homeless at some you know you know i mean shoot that's that's incredible man you know that that again coming back to the point because i know several comedians um and you can put this on musicians as well but several comedians i know who are uh, well established comedians so some of the more successful ones who actually had the experience of living in their car being homeless and all that stuff and the struggle yeah. uh, early on to go through that now the difference i think it's it's better to have gone through that from the experience from the standpoint of I appreciate my craft and having it, and success means that much more once you've actually gone through, you know, 
the tough times, the hard times, living in a van, traveling, <laughs> eating fish out of a can, not knowing where your next meal is coming from, all that kind of stuff. When you finally make it, it's that much more rewarding. Uh, do, do, does that any, any of that resonate with you at all? You 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 believe in that, or am I just being like uh, overly romantic about the artist's life? <laughs> no, I don't think you're being overly romantic. I think it just falls into one word, which is humility. Right. You know, you're 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 humble. And I, I think anything in life that was extremely stressful, that really tested your character and to see whether or not, you know, you really wanted something. Um I know that going to Iraq four times and going through that and being exhausted and working every single day and being in a stressful environment, it, it makes you really appreciate the little things that you have. And that's it, not not that it's equivalent to being homeless, but it's in the same genre. Right. What you're talking about, they're like, I'm, I'm thinking what I got, man, and I, I right. love what I'm doing, and I and I, I I and that that's why you know my heart goes out to all these these artists that are like, hey, I'm doing this no matter what. I'm like, man, it's, you got you to get props, man. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, and and I had an actress on here, uh, and we well actually on the nighttime program. It was more in depth thing, uh, but we were talking about um, that that whole part of having a backup plan. Can sometimes having a backup plan can be a negative because because if you have too good a backup plan, that means you're gonna you're gonna fall back on it and not be as uh, diligent in following through with what you really want to do in your life because it's too easy the minute you face like hecklers or a, a bad night bombing to say you know what i'm going to give up and fall back on that back backup plan so sometimes having that you know college degree or whatever as your backup plan that your parents made you get when you told them about your dream could be a negative what do you think about that so uh you know it's funny you talk this I, I was just having this question with my son he is uh, going to school to be a screenwriter. And so I told him, I said, look, the entertainment industry is, is saturated. It's tough, man. It's, it's competition, as, as we all know. Uh, I said, you have to make a choice. You have two choices. You have one choice, which is where you concentrate on the kind of lifestyle that you want to have. So you're willing to work at a nine job or whatever in order to maintain that comfortable lifestyle. Or there's the other choice where you're saying, I will only be happy if I'm a screenwriter. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be a screenwriter. If I have to eat beans every day, then I'll eat beans. If I have to live in my car, I'll live in my car. So you have to make that decision now. And you have to have that mindset. You can't flip back and forth. You have to have that mindset. And so, yeah. uh, and I have that mindset. I'm going to be a comedian. That's, that's that. No matter what happens, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and so he hasn't made his decision yet. <laughs> so, yeah. So well, that's we'll, a hard decision we'll to make. It's it I think what you did was put reality in front of him because if you don't, I, I, and I hate to say it because there's always somebody who, who defies whatever rules you put out there. But I think if you don't, chances are, if you don't put yourself a hundred, dedicate your hundred self a hundred percent to the real goal that you chances of making that goal are, are very, very limited and short-sighted and probably not going to happen. So interesting to see. Now, do you, um, 
do you tape a, a record your uh, videotape or audio record or any of all of the above uh your shows on a consistent basis and so i always um always record the voice of it yeah and so depending on where i go some places won't let you videotape they already have a video system in place and so they want you to buy theirs and typically i kind of prefer places that i can buy it from because they have a really good system you know i mean it's, it's right a, it's a shot um other places you know if i always bring my my tripod with me if they let me videotape it then i videotape it um and typically when i do that uh I don't upload it to youtube or anything i'll cut it up into like 15 20 second pieces and then put it on social media okay now how do you watch it all oh yeah you do i do okay. i watch it all because I went through a period of 20 years taping every show with the band with three different camera angles and never watched <laughs> any of it. <laughs> I have closets and closets full of digital tapes. That, uh, I have, uh, and I don't even have players for some of the tape because the technology, like 8mm digital, digital oh, 8 sucks, all that kind of stuff went away. But I have all those tapes, and I have no idea what was on them, but I just know it's garbage anyway. And there's so much to go through, four-hour gigs, three three camera angles times four hours each, each night for 200 shows a year. So you can do the math on how much. What is so uh, going through it though? Uh, that that was the part. You know, so you go through it. When do you do it? The the same night? Do you go back and like look at look at your set no, tonight? I I go um, now. If I, if I just record the voice, I'll listen to it all on my way home. Yeah, I'll just play okay. it with my stereo system at home. No, not a problem. I'll do that. Uh, now, if it's video, I wait till the next day. Because what is is I upload it to my my laptop so I can see it on a bigger screen. Yeah. Uh, because if because if it's recorded off my phone, I really can't. I can't I see you. every everything to see. Are you hard on yourself? Like really? Are you a terrible critic on yourself? Do you beat yourself up over it, or no? Do you um, do you find letting that stuff, letting things go easy? <laughs> I, I think I'm a little critical. I think I think we're all a little critical of ourselves because we see things that other people don't see because when they see us they're seeing us you know the time you know we're seeing ourselves for what the thousandth time yeah so that's the difference that's the difference i hate myself i can't <laughs> i can't anytime i look at something i'm just waiting for my part to get done in the other part and i'm yelling at myself shut up shut up let the guest talk uh so i i, I can't can't even stand looking at myself, listening to myself. So, I uh, I don't I don't get how people can do that because I I definitely just want to cut cut myself out all the time. Uh, so, are you, are you putting stuff on social media? Any concern on uh, with that that you're kind of burning that material? Because I know that's a big concern for some people more than others. Is some people don't want to put anything on social media because they feel like if they do, they they're burning the joke burning that material what's your position on that yeah you know i i look at uh there was it's uh there's a uh instagram follower that helps promote community you know like and she told me something that i thought was 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 really brilliant she said treat your social media channel like a tv channel and i was like oh she said so you should never have like 
the same material. So it shouldn't be all flyers and it shouldn't be all stand up. It needs to be like different stuff. So people are always entertained and interested. Right. So it's like you're, you should be using that as your advertising channel is what you should be for. And I just thought that that was really insightful. So I, you know, I'll, I'll put some stand up stuff on there, only 15, 20 seconds at the most, because most people are just kind of scrolling. I'm not going to sit there and, and walk for 45 seconds. Right. They're just, they're just not going to. I mean, if I'm not doing it, somebody else isn't doing it either, right? Right. Um, so I, I put, I'll put my stand up stuff on there maybe one or two weeks, 15, 20 seconds at the most. Kind of like a teaser, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. We watch teasers on YouTube to go watch a movie. So why wouldn't we watch a comedian? For 15 20 as a teaser hmm um so are you being uh a gen x i think you call yourself a, i'm a boomer i don't know the whole generation stuff screwed me up but uh do you are you a TikTok guy are you in are you plugged into the attitudes and um content uh habits of the TikTok generation <laughs> uh I know I'm not a, I mean, I'm, I'm on primarily on Instagram and Facebook. And then what I do is, is I just, I load my Instagram video to, to a uh, TikTok. Right. Um, um, there's, there's a lot of division on TikTok that I've noticed, you know, there's, uh, and it is generational division that they have between them. Right. Uh, yeah. So you have your Gen Xers and you've got your, uh, Gen- yeah, Both millennials, millennials. yells and all that. And quite frankly, <laughs> it's like I know they're there, but I just don't pay attention to them. Right. I just, I just do what I'm going to do. And you know, at the end of the day, you like it or you don't. So, and I just, I just let it be that, and that's, and that's it. Yeah, some comedians that they're, and it's not because they're not funny. They are very funny in, when you see them doing stand-up or, or you can see them in a hour special or something. But their material does not lend itself to what social media is trending now towards, is which is these really short um, minute clips or so that you, they have to be funny right away and can't you can't rely on a lot of setup where some of the best comedy relies on a, a minute or two setup that you couldn't do yeah. any of that. And so that's a challenge, right? For with the social media stuff is the nature of the comedy you do changing because of the taste or, or um, what they like to see on the trends on social media. Yeah. My, my recommendation for, uh, for comedians when it comes to media and stand up, and this is something that I've learned too, is that I think at first, they need to be in their own separate realms for one. Right. Um, so use your social media for, to let everyone know what, what your persona is. And then you use your stand up for people to see your actual material, your actual act. So right. and, and t- until you feel comfortable enough to be able to bring that social, that social media persona that you're in there, transition that to the stage and back and forth, which is extremely difficult, by the way. Very, very hard to be able to do that. Um, I think it's best to them separate. So have your social media 
promote you to be on the stage. And then when you get to the stage, have people see the meat and potatoes of what you do. Right. Do you, uh, how much time do you spend? Uh, are you again coming back to like a discipline question? Do you uh, do like a daily writing session? Do you like put time together? Say you know Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I write. What? How does that work with you? Your creative process. Are we talking about stand up? Are we talking about social media? I'm talking about stand with the comedy stuff. Writing for for stand up. So what I'll do is, is usually a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is what I will do. And same I, time? I, I, I say it usually in the morning is what I will do, you know, in the morning or so, and then I kind of marinate and then I'll go over it in the afternoon. Uh, but what I've learned about myself is that um, I'm not, I can write down, but because I'm a writer beforehand, when I write stuff, I tend to get lost in the grammar. Right. And so I, I can't write the bits out. Because I do that and try to take them off the page, it just sounds like it's a script. So I have to kind of write the thoughts down and then rip it out on the microphone at home, record it, the voice, or recorded video. I know, it sounds crazy, but that's what I've learned about myself. I, in order for it to make it sound natural, I actually have to do stand up at home. It doesn't sound crazy. Actually, it sounds like a process that would work for me, but I can't imagine having the security to do comedy at home for a microphone, knowing other people are around in the house hearing it. And like, I'd be really self conscious in doing that, <laughs> that work, knowing my wife is in the other room listening to this, thinking, why did she marry me? <laughs> you know, you know I, I, I just don't. I've gotten to, I mean, I'm almost, I'm going to be 50 this year. Uh, and with my background and, you know, in raising the kids necessarily, I just don't care more. <laughs> I, just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I just don't care. Well, I, I know that's something I had to overcome because, uh, you know, even just doing this, when I first started doing interviews, I was always self-conscious that, you know, because people in the house, and it's really just me and my wife here, but my uh, stepson is here now. But at that time, it was just me and my wife. But it's just still that only hearing, she's not hearing you. She's just hearing me. <laughs> it's got to sound even really weird. Like, uh, like the, she's hearing half a conversation sometimes and only my half. And that's got to be really weird. So I'm always self-conscious about that. You got You're saying you got to lose that self-consciousness to the point where you just don't give a shit what, what she's hearing yeah. for me. I think you need to have really low points in your life that just kind of strips away, you know, you know, all of that. And then you're just kind of like, I'll just talk to this wall. I don't care. You know, let's just, I don't care if people are walking back and forth. Let's just, let's just get, just get through this. Right. Well, and so you came into this now, uh, I know you don't want to get uh, too political here, so I'm going to try not to keep it political, but uh, you came into stand-up comedy at a time where just before things started to get really crazy with uh, lockdowns and restrictions and, and pandemics and all this kind of stuff, which hurt the business tremendously. Uh, but you've been able to persevere through that time. Uh, do you think, um, first of all, is that loosening up where you are? Like, uh, is it getting easier to not only uh, 
find work in, in, in places that are open and, and functioning, but crowds are coming out more. Are you an optimist for where things are going, things starting to normalize back to um, regular big comedy business? They are starting to normalize. And uh, if you go outside of the L.A., I mean, we're talking about not very far, 35, 40 miles outside of L.A., life is normal. So you can wow. just walk into a place. There's no mask or nothing. Uh, in L.A., indoors, they're still wearing, you know, the the, the mask and stuff. Now, they, they did come out with an article saying, I think this Friday, they're going to start lifting some of the restrictions of it if you're vaccinated. Um, that hasn't come out officially, but they're 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 talking about it. But people right. are still going out. They're going to bars. I mean, they wear their mask or whatever. You take it off, you know, you have something to drink. Or, you know, things, I think things are getting or are getting better um but you know what what do you expect in cities right. that have 10 million people or more of course they're going to be the last ones to take off the mask yeah what i found here is um and music is uh, obviously a slightly different dynamic than comedy but what i found is uh when people go out now they are more uh boisterous, more outgoing, more uh, enjoying their time out because they felt that little bit of uh, restriction beforehand. So it, it, the question I'm leading to, is that emboldening the hecklers more? I mean, because uh, people now, again, with the band, people coming out getting drunker, more rowdy, more wanting, I want to come up and sing a song with the band, that kind of stuff. I'm imagining that same kind of dynamic shifting into comedy club where you're going to see more heckling, more people just consuming too much alcohol at the show and forgetting that they're, they're not part of the show and that kind of stuff. Are you seeing more of that? Uh, not right now, but, you know, when you do the later shows, it's going to, it, it brings out that element, you know what I mean? When you're, when you're yeah, yeah. Like a 10 o'clock show or later, then of course, you know, people have had time, you know, to tuck in a few, you know what I mean? You do an 8 o'clock show, it just, it just doesn't really, it, it doesn't really happen. And, and quite frankly, in L.A., there's not really a lot of hecklers in LA, right? Um, and and that's just because everybody's in show business already, and they don't they they know what it's like. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's so much entertainment, you know, right. to go to that people are more interested in seeing what the entertainment is rather than challenging it. Yeah, interesting point. Yeah, LA is different than the rest of the world. I have to keep reminding myself uh, of that. Um, so with with that that being said are you a, the kind of person now as we get closer to almost back to normal and uh, who knows what that really means but are you the kind of person who plans out your career as so you get you, you got a map for like six months a year from now or are you just taking it as as the gigs come day by day planning like this is what i'm working on now this is this month uh, tell me about your vision is it long term or short term uh, I think it's thing is term, but I you know I don't really know what's going to happen down the future. I think that when you plan something like when you produce a show, you can plan that. You know, you can set the date, say how many you're going to do that stuff because you're in total control of the situation. Right. But when you're waiting for gigs and you got to send a tape in, or maybe they don't want to see a tape, they really want to see you. I mean, you're not in control of the situation. You know, so right. you know, kind of you you need to have. I kind of go with the flow, but at the same time, you need to to be organized as well. Because when it's when it's when someone asks you for your stuff, you have it. Right. Oh, you know, can you wait till tomorrow? No. So I like I live off my phone. I mean, 
I've got all my all my headshots are on there. I mean, I can link to a YouTube video in a second, you know, because I have the mentality, and I think I think this is important in the entertainment industry. I have the, I have the mentality of I can be replaced within 10 to 15 seconds easily. So if I have that mentality, that means I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be on point. And when they ask me for something, I'm going to have it. And that's, I think, I think that's part of the organization. But I remind myself of that. I can be replaced. I'm easily replaced. So I need to be on point. I made that point a um, couple of months back and it got in a whole a bunch of hot water on social media just because people were canceling shows because of their uh position on one side or the other about the vaccine stuff and just canceling shows and i would uh, say all that does is give the next guy the gig because i guarantee you somebody's going to take that gig you you're taking a stance and saying i I, i'm not going to do the gig so i'm giving putting it out an ultimatum there i'm not in i'm taking a position on a political cause or whatever it is and i'm not going to do the gig all you're doing is really giving it to the next guy in line because uh, you can be replaced. Everybody can re- be replaced, no matter how big a star they think they are in their own minds or how big a draw they are. I found this out by taking a stand years ago in a, a uh, entertainment situation where I said, no, I'm not doing it. I found myself being home while somebody else did the gig, and I realized, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you ought to check your humility about this stuff and and realize that everybody can be replaced. But for whatever reason, I brought because uh, it was in the, in the context of uh, the political discussion. I guess some yeah. people was just like, I'm, yeah. I wasn't making a political point. I was just saying, you know what? Sure, uh, I got you. You're going to be replaced it, it, for the business owner, for the venue owner, for the production manager, whoever it is who's putting this thing on. They just care about the bottom line, and if you're just going to step out, they're just going to offer the gig to the next guy. That's a that's a, an important thing. Too many people don't get that. Sure. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I look at things very simply. And that is, you can make whatever decisions you want in life as long as you're willing to accept the consequences that come with them. That's, uh, part, that's part of it, isn't it? We want, we, we're in a it. place it, in, in, a, in our culture now where we want to be able to do whatever we want. We want all the freedoms without any of the responsibilities of it. So freedom of speech, we have freedom of speech, but you sure. have to be responsible for the words you say. And if, if what you say comes back to bite you in the ass, you have to own that because it's part of responsibility or the freedom that you, you're expressing there. So that's, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Um, yeah. So now I'm promoting you. I have heavy metal dad comic now dot wordpress.com, but I can tell you I went there just heavy metal dad comic.com the other day and it worked fine. It's but it didn't this oh. morning, so that's why I got this one up there. Uh, are there two gotcha. different separate word sites? Oh, uh, two different websites? They must be. I mean, that's not that's not site. I mean, the WordPress site is mine. Oh, okay. Uh, and the, the reason for that is, is you know, just it's it's free. Okay, because right. it's actually. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just to be honest with you, I mean, I'm a, I'm a nobody. Right. So until I'm a somebody, uh, you know, if I, wherever I can cut corners and cut corners. Uh, hey, no judge, I, no judgment here. I just go trying to tell where where people should go, and I'm putting the I, link in, in the description there. But I've learned how to make a blog site look like a website. The only way that you would ever it's a it's a blog site is by the URL. But when you look right. at it, it looks like a website. 
Yeah, it definitely does. You did a good job with it. And it, I, um, you know, that that's a, a good part of it. So uh, your previous life again came in a little bit handy because the SEO work and all the copywriting you did had a lot of website building and, and stuff oh, yeah. involved in it. Uh, so you have a full uh, uh, lineup of gigs. Anything in particular big that's coming up that you want to let people know about? Or uh, Well, I have my show, which is uh, I call it Functional Fun. Uh, it's going to be happening February 26th, and that's in the North Hollywood area. Uh, that's a that's a really fun one. Uh, I, I love doing that one. And the, the comedians that are there, they've been, they've been doing it for a while. They've been doing it for five-plus years some plus 10 uh mike muratori who's going to be on there he's a great friend of mine i met him the first two i was doing comedy and doing it for over 20 years wow uh yeah so these are i mean these are seasoned people that are just so helpful great great mentors to have uh so he's going to own it uh, it's a uh, 80 minute show so each comedian does uh 10 minutes and then it's just, it's really fast paced. It's just one after the other, you know, so that way the momentum of the room just, it keeps up. So, and after it's free parking, Hey, free parking. That. Hey, you can't <laughs> beat LA, that. No. You know what? Uh, some people in LA who are not in LA or New York, they'll know what the hell, why that would, that's a joke, right? No, that's not a joke. I mean, parking is a serious consideration when you live in a metro area. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that. <laughs> what do you mean? They can park anywhere. No. <laughs> no. Especially in L.A., you come out and your car will be gone. Uh, <laughs> you park in some areas. Uh, do you, you don't have alternate side of the street parking stuff where you are, do you? Because we have that in New York where uh, some days yes. you can only park on the left side and some days you can only park on the right side. <laughs> yeah, that's the street sweeping goes on. And I tell you, man, those... Those uh those parking enforcement people, they're out there, man. And those tickets are expensive. I yeah. got one year I got one years ago, uh probably like three or four ago. And it was seventy five dollars then. I can't imagine what it is now. Yeah, no, it's 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 insane. Anyway, I do appreciate you being a trooper and getting up at 7 a.m. your time to be be on the show. I've appreciated this talk uh, a lot and, and good to know you and, and wish you great success. If there's anything uh, I can ever do to help promote you or any, any anything you want to uh, promote, just drop me a line. I'll, I'll be glad to list it and put it on, on my website as well and let people know about it. If we can help in any way, uh, thank you for coming on and uh, I'll be very appreciative uh, if you come back sometime and continue this talk. Absolutely. I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, even though it's 7 a.m., I got my coffee. I'm rare and ready to go, man. But it, yeah. was, it was a pleasure meeting you, man. Thank you. Same here. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll stay in touch. And please, I mean, don't don't be shy about just sending me stuff for, to promote for you. If you've got anything good coming up, just send it, send it my way. Thanks we'll for coming. Thank, thanks, man. Bye for now. Mike McFarlane, folks, the uh, heavy metal dad comic out of the L.A. area. I hope you enjoyed that pro uh, that discussion. Um, coffee guy. Got his coffee at 7 a.m. It's really hard to get comedians on in, and I do have a full list, actually. Full boat until the end of April every single day with comedians booked um, for well, every morning at this time it's difficult but it's even more difficult when they're west coast so a little more appreciation for those people getting up at 7 a.m to be on the show with us of course you guys over on the other side of the pond it's afternoon you don't you don't get it 
you don't have any appreciation for that uh carl saying what it's a good mentality to have what oh the link the link in the description needs amending yeah i know i i only found out right before i was going on the show but i appreciate that i will uh amend the links it's uh heavy metal dad comic dot wordpress dot com uh just make sure you have the dot wordpress in there i will fix it as soon as i'm off the air so that's it for today now tonight jt haberstadt haberstadt man the lips aren't working again. Uh, we'll be with me at 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, JT is the godfather of punk comedy. So we had heavy metal dad comic in the morning, uh, godfather of punk comic at night. It just, uh, that's the way it works out, folks. And then uh, tomorrow we'll have like some kind of EMO comic, I guess. EMO and disco comic. <laughs> we're, we're putting all comics in a musical genre. Uh this week no uh, tomorrow that none of that i just said is true it's all lies anyway i hope you enjoyed the program uh bear with me the rest of the day be with me at 8 p.m tonight for jt that's all i got to say and or not come back for coffee tomorrow morning i will be here till then i'm matt napo for the mind dog tv podcast or more coffee with the dog more accurately and there's one thing that um i think is always re- important to remind you that you know, when you get up in the morning and you're sometimes you have a radio alarm, if you're old enough, you have like a, a radio alarm. It's important that once you turn the alarm off that you always remember to.
listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 